0: You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for his glory. Great to see you here today. I'd like to extend my welcome to you if you're new among us, if this is your very first time. Welcome. We're absolutely thrilled to have you here and thank you. For joining us. Thank you to Sandra and the band for serving us today. If you've got a Bible, I wonder if you would turn with me to Luke's gospel and we're going to read some verses from chapter 9. I'm going to speak today about faith to faith, and I wonder if you could say that with me. Faith to faith. Let's say it again. Faith to faith. I believe that the Lord over the summer laid a word on my heart that really marries with where we believe we are as a church. Uh, And in just a few moments, I'll unashamedly share a little bit of context to remind us what God has done over the past few years, Uh, and as we consider what He might be saying to us today from this Word into our season. Maybe you've joined us recently, maybe you're just settling here among us. I believe this is an incredibly exciting time to be a part of this house, and we're so excited at what God has done, is doing And by his grace will do in us and through us as a community. Can anyone say amen? Amen. Uh, Luke 9 verse 1, this is what the Bible says. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Wow. Imagine that. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. If we just jump down to verse 10, this is what the story says as it continues. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. Like Jesus didn't know that. He replied, You give them something to eat. They answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, how, how awesome, what an amazing story this is. And in just a few moments, we'll come back to it and, and see what we sense the Lord is saying to us from these verses here today. You know, I want to begin though by saying how grateful I am to God for His kindness over the last several years. The goodness of God, His hand, His favor here at CLM. If you've been around for any length of time, you will understand we we are a church that is passionate to bring the kingdom of God in every life and sphere of society in our city. And we are passionate about doing it in partnership with other churches. We're not trying to be the best church, we're just trying to be the best we can be before God. And with others, we dare to believe that God wants to do something in us and through us. That said, we are so grateful for his hand upon us as a local church. How God has helped us. How God has helped us over the last season here at CLM. Maybe you've joined us recently. Maybe you've been part of the church for many years, maybe for decades. And you've seen what God has done. About seven and a half years ago, the leadership at the time, which didn't include Esther myself, we've been here just over five years, uh, they embarked on an incredible faith journey to build this building. Just give me a wave if, if you were here in the old building. So some, but not many. Give me a wave if you were never in the old building. You don't even know what the old building was. You don't know what the old building looks like. Well, I've been on Google Earth, and I've seen the old building, but I I was never in the old building. But in the old building, which was down the bottom end of our car park, Pastor Bonner, who was the pastor at the time, uh, wrote from a, a hall that had a maximum capacity of about 200 people. I can see... He wrote, this was at the front end of a, of a vision to build what we are in today. I can see hundreds of people gathering to worship. Hello? Take a look around. He said, I, I can see hundreds of people gathering to worship. I, I can see children and young people coming to a purpose-built facility. You know, by the grace of God, this year, between 800 and 1,000 people have come on Sundays and our our greatest numbers of children and young people just over the last few weeks. And so it comes to pass, a man stepped out in faith. And I want to say faith has been part of the foundation of this house. Way before that generation, a group of people stepped out and began a mission in this city in the 1930s, and the church was established there. It took faith A group of people bought a small parcel of land at the bottom of our car park and over successive years stretched their faith to buy a little bit more and a little bit more and five parcels of land which makes our current footprint was bought by a people in their generation trying to hear what God was saying and respond to them and obey God and step out in faith. You know, the building here was a huge challenge, not only to put up, but then to finance. And some of you have been on that journey, built on a loan of uh, just under two million pounds, and a season where we were trying to secure a mortgage here, and things were precarious, I've got to be honest. We went through a season about five years ago where we could have lost this building. And I'm not saying the Lord struck him down, but our bank manager, who said to me, you could lose the building, uh, was off sick for over a year with a mystery illness. And they never looked at our file during that time. And we just carried on paying interest only. And by the grace of God, he started to add to us people. And the generosity of the people increased. And and by the grace of God, about three years ago, we were able to secure a mortgage here. And as a church, we were able to buy this building off our own tra- trading subsidiary to whom the original loan had been positioned. And I remember, and some of you will, a service where we put the mortgage statement and information and documentation in the hands of the next generation. Some of our children were in that service. And we gave it there them and said, by the grace of God, will you run with us? And, and dare? we believe that God will do something incredible. But God has been with us. God has helped us through that time, and ministries have grown and been strengthened. We've seen thousands of answers to prayer, literally. We've seen people healed. We've seen hundreds of people respond to the gospel. Scores of people baptized. We've experienced the presence of God. There's some amazing situations. God has helped us. God helped us with our car parking situation where about four years ago, the, the land that we used to park on was being sold, and we got noticed that we would have no car parking at the end of December. And I remember us praying, and some of you remember at that time, for, for the car park that we currently use. But the Techno Center board, they said, we don't want to have anything to do with that church. You see, we run conferencing, and they run conferencing, and they saw us as the competition, and they said, we're going to have nothing to do with them. We're not going to help them. We're not going to meet with them. But after a week of prayer and fasting, where we, we went on that land and we said, if, if the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, then Lord, that's your car park, not their car park. Yes. So we're asking you to give us your car park yes. that they think belongs to them, but actually belongs to you. And some of you remember the answer to prayer, how God broke in and came through for us and God sent a. a a manager from over there, actually to rebuke us because some of our conference clients were parking there by mistake on a Tuesday morning. And she came over to tell us off and was impacted by the presence of God when she walked through the front door. And ended up saying, what is this place? Is this a church? She said, what do you do for parking on a Sunday? We said, it's funny you should ask us that. (laughs) This was November, we had about six weeks to go. We didn't tell her we'd been walking on her land, (laughs) claiming it in the name of Jesus. But by the end of that week, the man who'd said no, no, and definitely not came for a meeting with myself and, and Matt Davis, our general manager, and shook my hand and said, I just want to say keep up the good work. And on the 1st of January, we got a lease to use their car park on a Sunday. The Lord has helped us. Now During this season, God has helped us in the city, an incredible season of unity among church leaders. What a privilege we count it to be to to have friendships with leaders of other churches, to stand together for the cause of Christ in our city. To play our part alongside others in seeing transformational ministries established, playing a a key role. I can remember Esther coming back from a, a meeting that was exploring getting a night shelter, a winter night shelter off the ground. And said, I've, I've just volunteered £3,000. Know, Neil, in those days, we, we don't really have £3,000. Within the hour, Bishop Christopher phoned me up said, I've heard a rumor that CLM's put £3,000 on the table. I said, I've heard that rumor too. <laughs> he said, Well, we'd better do at least that. I said, Yeah, I think you should. And they've been incredibly generous, actually, the Anglican Church. But by the grace of God, helping to see homeless people off the streets in the winter. Now, currently, CLM people involved with 10 different partner projects in the city, helping the vulnerable, helping the needy, working with refugees, doing an incredible work of compassion and evangelism. Wow, what an incredible thing. But I want to say God has helped us. God has helped us this far. But it's been a journey of faith. There have been times when we've been on our knees And if you've been around us at any length of time, you'll know our commitment to prayer. But there have been times when it's not been just coming before God in praise and worship. It's been on our knees saying, oh God, will you help us? But you know, as we sense just even the last few weeks, God's stirring something. Four weeks ago in this service where Pastor Nicholas Sarkis from Australia was here. and, And if you were here, you remember he before he well, he came up to speak, and, and just since he couldn't move the meeting on, and a song, something began to rise from the people that wasn't driven from the front. And we had this profound sense that we were ushering in a new season, that God was saying, "It's a new day. It's a new season, that we're, we're moved, we thank God for all that has been. We thank God for his faithfulness, but God is ushering in something new, has ushered in something new, and is, I believe, drawing us and challenging us to step into something in the years that lie ahead of us. In four weeks' time from now, we'll have a Vision Sunday, and last year, many of you will remember Vision 80, where we celebrated 80 years, and some people said, are you calling it Vision 81? No, we're going to call it our next level offering. Because we believe God is drawing us to the next level. That God has some things ahead of us in the months and years that lie ahead that we can't even visualize yet, but we have to have faith to step into. And I say all that to say this, the previous season has been a season of faith, but the season of head, ahead needs to be a season of faith. I believe God is drawing us and challenging us to move from faith to faith for the glory of god there is no other way that we will see god move there's no other way we will we will see god work here in the way that he wants to without we position ourselves as a people of faith without we're willing to come before him and say god what do you want to do without we're willing to say god here am i send me how do you want to use me what do you want to do through me that we might move from faith to faith. You know, in Luke 9, Jesus has gathered the 12 disciples and he's done incredible miracles and they've been there. They've witnessed it. They've carried his bag. They've been with him. They've been around the anointing. He's taught words that have never been taught before. He's spoken profound truths that come from the very heart of God. He's reached out and he's cast out demons and, and he's performed miracles and he's healed the sick. And the disciples have been there right in the midst of it. They've seen it. But here in chapter 9, he says he called the 12 and he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out. He pushed them into a season of faith. He, he released them into a season of faith. They had to do what they'd never done before. And if you've ever stepped out to do something for God, you know it's easier to watch someone else do it than it is to step out and do it yourself. Hello? Hello? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And I don't know how those disciples felt, but I would have felt, Jesus, aren't you coming with us? Well, what are you going to be doing? Well, where are you going? But what if we get stuck? What if it doesn't work? Well, what if, what if we pray for the sick and they don't get healed? You know, where are you going to be? Can we WhatsApp you? I mean, what you know, what's going on here? But Jesus sent them out. And not only that, he put them in a position of faith by saying, take nothing with you, nothing for the journey, no bag, no money. Can you imagine that? I know some ladies, they won't go to their next door neighbors without their bag. <laughs> I know some ladies, their bag is so big. I, I, I want to know what's in that bag. I wonder if that bag has been emptied for several months. You might find some amazing things at the bottom of that bag. And some guys are just the same as well. Jesus said, leave your bag. You won't need your bag. Oh, by God, take my No, leave your bag. What about some cash? Leave you, you don't need any money. What about my stuff? You don't need your stuff. Well, I need to take an extra shirt. No, don't bother about the shirt. Seriously, just go. Just you. Just go. Don't you think that positioned them in a place of faith? And you know what happens in verse 6? It says they went out from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Verse 10, it says, they returned and reported to Jesus what they had done. But right here in the story, the next thing happens, Jesus takes them on a retreat, but thousands of people follow them, and they hit this situation. And they hit a situation of great need. And I don't know if you have observed what happens here, but these 12 men through whom God has just moved and just worked, and they see before them another chance for a miracle, and they say, Jesus, you better send them home. And Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh, you give them something to eat. You see, what has happened here is that they have moved into a new dimension of faith in chapter 9, but when they're presented with a challenge, they want to get back to chapter 8. And I believe Jesus is said, I didn't send you out to experience something amazing. I sent you out to change your paradigm. I sent you out that you would realize that God wants to work through you, and I want you to stay in chapter 9 faith. And my message today really is to say, CLM, we thank God for all he has done through us, but it's time to stay in chapter nine faith. Because there's something within us wants to go back to chapter eight. There's something within us that says, God, thank you for helping us. Thank you those times when we were on our knees and you came through, but can we please go back to chapter eight? And Jesus says, no, you give them something to eat. I want you to go, my language, from faith to faith. And I'd like us to notice three things about faith to faith. Number one, faith to faith will challenge our mindset. You know, before we're Christians, there's no room for any dimension of faith. You know, some of you, you have got family members and they don't understand at all how you live your life. Because there's no room in their mentality for a faith dynamic whatsoever. What happens is, I believe when we give our lives to Jesus, we step into Something where we understand the Lord might call upon us for faith, but our expectation can be for what I might call periodic faith. We position ourselves in a place of comfort. We position ourselves in a place where we can work everything out, and we know that from time to time, God might draw us to do something where we are totally dependent upon Him. And we might have the courage to step out and do that, but then we're prone to want to scurry back to the safety of where we were. But I believe God wants to call a people out, and I believe he was doing it with the disciples here, who will not go to periodic faith, but will live in ever-increasing faith. Will go from faith to faith. Will position themselves and say, Lord, here I am, wholly available. The psalmist says, those who set their hearts on pilgrimage will go from strength to strength. In 2 Corinthians 3, Paul writes and says that we are being transformed from glory to glory. In John 1, we read that for of his fullness, we've all received grace upon grace. And in Romans 1, it says this, in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is from faith to faith. In the gospel, there is a righteousness that is from faith to faith. It's not my main text for this morning, Romans 1, 17, and I'm not going to spend long here. There are different ways of interpreting it, but one of the ways to interpret it is that God has revealed a gospel of salvation where we are made righteous by faith in Jesus. By trusting in Jesus, I am seen as righteous before God because of what he's done for me. But that gospel is not a one-moment faith, but it is a gospel where I would enter into relationship and grow from faith to faith. And I believe God is stirring and calling this house to a next-level season where we will impact our city, where we will develop our discipleship and massively multiply our mission, and we'll do so by going from faith to faith. You know, church, let us not... Look to yesterday's faith. Let us not look to rehearse yesterday's stories for the next 20 years, but position ourselves to enter into today's faith. What God is wanting to do among us today. The disciples stepped out. You know, I I think they came back. They were like, yeah, we did it. Can you imagine being sent out? And healing the sick and proclaiming the kingdom and driving out demons and then coming back. I mean, it doesn't say here that they went out in pairs, not in this particular bit. But I kind of get the picture that they didn't all go together. Uh, Can you imagine them going from village to village and then regrouping with Jesus and going, wow, you never believe what happened. And Jesus going, yeah, I believe what happened. I saw it. But the others sharing, wow, we went to this village. There was this guy. He'd been blind from birth. And we prayed in Jesus' name. And, and his sight was restored. And his whole family gave their lives to God. And, and someone else going, wow, that's amazing. We were in this place. Was a, uh, there was a boy that was crippled. And we prayed. Can you imagine? Wow. But, you know, faith to faith will challenge our mindset. Because they, they then find themselves in this remote place with thousands of people and these same people that have just seen God work through them, they can't see that there's an answer possible. They say, Jesus, you need to send them home. You need to release them to go back because there's so many of them. They need to get some food and Jesus says, no, you give them something to eat. You exercise your faith. You you." solve the problem here. You know, when I was a boy, I was part of uh, the, the Cub Scouts. I don't know if anyone was ever part of the Cub Scouts or the Brownies or Guides or whatever it was. And, and I, can rem- I don't remember it well, but I remember I had a jumper. And my jumper, I got badges. And the longer I was in, the more badges I got. And I got badges for doing stuff. You're like, you had different trials and tests. And and if you passed, you got a badge. And I can remember doing this exercise of trying to read a map. It was for my map reading badge. Uh, I, I didn't really know what was going on. I must have just blagged my way through. And I got my map reading badge. And I never read another map for 20 years. But I got my badge. Map reader. I did it. You know, what I think the disciples maybe came back. They'd been with Jesus, and then he sends them out, and it's like, yes, healing, check. Drive out demon. I've got my demon badge, check. <laughs> Proclaim the kingdom. There she blows. Jesus says, take the jumper off. I didn't show you that to get your badge. I showed you that to position you to bring the kingdom that God will work through you. He's preparing them. There's a mindset shift that they would come to a place where they're ready to be used. You know, there's something within us, I think, wants to retreat to the apparent safety of a non-faith life where we don't have to rely on God to come through for us. But I want to say, church, this is not the culture, the language, or the currency of the kingdom. I know sometimes we we fall into limited thinking that God who came through for us in a certain way yesterday either can't or won't come through in the same way again. I don't know what is going on there and yet I know that can happen. And we step out of faith and we see God come through but then we face the same challenge again and there's something resists like like we're going, well, you know, God came through but I don't know if it'll happen again why on earth is our response not, I've already seen God come through, I know God comes through. But there's something in our mindset where we want to get back into chapter 8. And the Spirit would say, you need to stay in chapter 9. I want to say to you today, you need to stay in chapter 9. If you've ever stepped out for God, you need to stay in chapter 9. If you ever got sent out, if God ever challenged you to do something, if you ever saw God come through for you, then you've experienced chapter nine. And the Holy Spirit would say today, I want you to stay in chapter nine. Don't go back to chapter eight. Maybe you've never been in chapter nine. Maybe you're a new Christian. Maybe you've never seen God work through you. I wanna say, you can enter into chapter nine. But once you've entered into chapter nine, you gotta stay in chapter nine. Am I making sense today? Am I speaking to anyone today? from faith to faith the disciples they they faced a new situation it required a new miracle they'd never done this one before but all it needed was the same faith in the same god as someone once said their eyes were too fixed on their pitiful poverty to see the sufficiency of the savior we have to lift up our eyes we sang this morning, through you, I can do anything. Wow. It's easy to sing, isn't it? It's harder to live out. Hello? Is that just me? Through you, I can do anything. Woo! Great. And then tomorrow morning, the Holy Spirit comes and says, I want you to do this. Oh, hang on. Send Jonathan. God would want a people that would trust him. Without faith, the Bible says it's impossible to please him. And so we have to stay in chapter 9. Secondly, faith to faith will put the miracle through your hands. You know, God wants to put the miracle through your hands. God wants to put the miracle through your hands. You can look around and say, I think God's going to put the miracle through someone else's hands. I want you to understand today, God wants to put the miracle through your hands. In fact, why don't you say with me, God wants to put the miracle through my hands. God wants to put the miracle through my hands. Through my hands. He, hear, me, hear me right, but faith to faith is that God's heart is to put the miracle through your hands. You know, I find this incredible. Isn't it incredible that God, who could just use himself, you know, he doesn't need to use us, but he chooses to use us. He delights to use us. I believe God is building his church in the earth and the gates of hell will not prevail against it in order to bring his kingdom into the earth, the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ through his people, through us with all our weaknesses and frailties and hang-ups, through you. This is the grace of God. This is the grace of God. I find it incredible that God would choose to use a people like us. But I come to believe he has no plan B. This is his plan. If I was God, I, I don't think I'd have a different plan. But God in his grace delights to use his people. He wants to put the miracle through your hands. You know, we cannot pray for our city to be transformed and not be willing to be the answer. Let me say that again. We cannot pray for our city to be transformed and not be willing to be the answer. No, Jesus was showing the disciples he was calling them to use them. You know, their hands were ready to wave goodbye to the crowd. It's over for today. Bye. Why don't you just head off? And Jesus says, no. You give them something to eat. I remember the first time I ever prayed for somebody that got healed. You know, I got saved when I was 17. And, uh, and I, I heard about the power of God. I heard about God moving. And I started to read books about miracles and how God worked. And, and I went off to university. And I remember I was at a, a meeting of... Of students at university and there was a young lady there called Yasmin and Yasmin had some issue with her legs that the doctors couldn't diagnose but whenever she ran she was in excruciating pain and she was in this meeting and someone else was sharing about how God had healed her dad and Yasmin knew nothing about God's power to heal and went and spoke to this girl and said what is this about God healing and this girl girl said I don't really know much you need to speak to Martin Because she knew I was the wacky, off the chart, Pentecostal. But the truth was, although I talked about God's power, God had never used me to do anything. I'd heard about God healing, but I'd never experienced God healing. And I remember she came and said, what is this about God healing? I've been told you're the healing expert. I said, yeah, not so much. I'm like, but I said, I do believe this, that God can heal you. I said, what's the problem? And she told me, I said, you know, God can heal you. I saw faith rise in her eyes and we gathered a few people and we prayed and the power of God hit her. The fire of God, she said she felt burning, move from her head all the way through her body to her feet. She knew she'd been healed. She was jumping up and down, going, I've been healed. I've been healed. The next day she ran to her physio appointment to cancel it, so I won't be needing any more of these. And she ran twice around the university running track on her way just to prove it. I remember looking at my hands going, what's happened? What just happened there? God, that you'd use me? I want to say, if God has ever used me, it's never a thing of pride, it's just an unspeakable privilege. Isn't it a privilege that God would use you? Don't you think it's a privilege that God would use you? I said, don't you think it's a privilege that God would use you? I think it's the, it's the greatest privilege of my life that God would use me. That's the, honestly, that, I, I don't think there's a greater privilege in my life than that God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, might use me somehow, sometime, some way. And I've come to believe all I really have to do is make myself available. Well, I heard this week, uh, on Thursday evening, I got an email. It, was, it, it took me back uh, from a guy I haven't heard from for probably about two years. Just over three years ago, uh, Pastor Esther and I, we were over in Malaysia as part of a a camp. Well, I say a camp. It was part of a Singapore church. So Pastor Dominic Yeo, who he'll be with us on on our Vision Sunday in November, uh, his church goes on a camp every three years. Uh, And when I say a camp, they stay in a hotel. It's not really camping. It's Singaporean camping. It's like a four-star hotel. So they're like, hey, this is how the Singaporeans slum it by going to, um, if anyone's from Singapore, we, we love you. Um, but it's like, so, so they're, they're over in this, in this camp and we, they'd invite us to go. We went and joined them for their camp. There's like a couple of thousand people on this camp in this hotel. And just down the road, there's another Singaporean church having their camp in another hotel. The church is about 80, 90 people. And uh, their speaker for their camp drops out. And so they contact Pastor Dom and say, can you come and help us at our camp? And so one morning he takes me and Esther and we go down the road to this other hotel. And uh, and this camp for this other church is all about the prophetic. It's all about growing in the prophetic, hearing the voice of God stepping out. In that hotel, at random, there's a German guy. God is, He's from a background that knows nothing about the work of the Holy Spirit. But over the past few weeks, it feels like God's been getting his attention about prophecy. He keeps hearing people talk about prophecy. He, he's been sent, someone sent him a book about prophecy. And, and, and he's starting to explore prophecy. He goes down for breakfast and he sees the sign for this camp that says, whatever the name was, church, growing in the prophetic. Now, his wife was jet-lagged, she's in bed, and so he just comes and says, look, is there any chance I can come in this? And so he sits at the back, and Pastor Dom's there, and we happen to be in the room, and it's all about the prophetic. He goes to his wife at lunch, he wakes her up, he says, goody, goody, like, God has put us in this hotel for this experience. You know what I was telling you about the prophetic? It's like, there's a church meeting, and they're talking about the prophetic. I've been there in the morning, it's been amazing. After lunch, he says, you've got to come. And he comes back, and he's there for the afternoon session. And it's an activation session. And they get all of us to come down the front. And the person leading it says, right, I want you to pair up with another person. And you're going to ask God to speak to you. And then you're going to prophesy to them. And I turn around, and next to me, there's this German guy. I've never met him before in my life. I've never seen him before. I can tell he's a European, not a Singaporean. So I think he's part of the church. I think he's probably in finance or he's a lawyer earning big money in Singapore. And we're just buddied up. And they say, right, I want one of you to listen to God and then speak. And he says, well, you go first. So thanks for that. And I'm in that place and I'm just trying to listen to the Lord. And I see this... Guy being used in mission. I just sense in my spirit that, that God wants to use him powerfully in mission. That God wants to use him to connect other Christians together and galvanize churches. This makes no sense to me because I think he's a lawyer working in Singapore. But I start to speak out what I'm sensing, that God's going to use him in mission, he's going to galvanize other Christians, and and then I see this river flowing out from from where he is and going through the streets of a city, and and not in a way of a destructive flood, but bringing life, and I start speaking this word to him. And, And at the end of it, he says, how did you know? And I said, what? And he said, look, I'm, I'm from Bremen in Germany. I'm on a sabbatical. I'm about to start a new role, mobilizing mission in Bremen, gathering churches together. And, and this is a word of confirmation that God is going to help us to reach the whole city. And we, and we start sharing, and it becomes apparent to me that he's not filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, and I ask him if he's filled with the Spirit. He said, I don't really know. And I prayed with him, he's filled with the Spirit, starts speaking in tongues. And he comes back with us for the remainder of Trinity's camp and stays in touch with the guys in Singapore. This week, I got an email from him on Thursday night. He said, we are experiencing a wonderful time of an outpouring of God's grace over our city. The word that Pastor Martin and others spoke over us at your conference in 2004 in Kuala Lumpur is coming to pass, hallelujah. Rivers of living water are flowing from the lighthouse ministry through the streets of the city. First of all, we distributed an evangelistic newspaper to every single household in the city of Bremen, 300,000 houses by hand, with more than 350 Christians from many different churches. And in the last two weeks of September, We went out with hundreds of Christians onto the streets, telling them that God loves them and that he has an awesome plan for their life. In Bremen, we prayed for more than 1,800 strangers, and over 600 prayed the prayer of salvation. We are now following them up one by one, having discipleship and introducing them to the Christian faith. Christians filled with the Holy Spirit became bold and started sharing the good news to people on the streets, some for the very first time in their lives. Isn't that awesome? And I received that email, and I don't tell the story to big myself up, but to say, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, what a privilege to have any small association with what God is doing. That if somehow God could use me and and raise their vision and expectation, and as a result, 300,000 homes receive the gospel, 600 people give their lives to Christ and that I would get an email to say this played a part in the journey. I find it hugely humbling, but I want to say God wants to use you. God has called you, saved you, positioned you, designed you to put a miracle through your hands. This is what he wants to do. And, And, you know, in case you think, well, it's all right for you, it's easy for you. I'm a Christian too, and I'm no different to you. I'll be honest, when they said, I want you to pair up and prophesy, I thought, oh, no. I thought, can't we just go and get a coffee and talk about leadership? It's easier than stepping out in faith. When I thought, this guy's not filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, a part of me thought, ah, just leave it, Martin. Don't go there. Why raise it? Then you've got to pray for him. And what if nothing happens? And you might think, wow, you actually thought that. Listen, I'm human too. But by the grace of God, if we make ourselves available, He wants to do something through our hands. But we have to be willing to go from faith to faith. You know, I I can honestly say that I don't think we would be where we are right now as a church. We wouldn't be entering into a new season. We wouldn't be talking about next level if 12 months ago we hadn't had our Vision 80 offering And if hundreds of people hadn't responded, if hundreds of people hadn't engaged with a process where we said, all we ask of anyone, your urge of everyone is to come before God, ask Him what He wants them to do and have the courage to respond. And I want to say, if, if you responded to God in that, if you did what He asked you to do, if you have... Given your pledge, or you've paid your pledge through the year, then you've helped us massively reduce our mortgage in the last 12 months. You've helped position us for the next level. God has worked through your hands. If you put anything into the offering pot during that time, you can look at your hands right now and say, "God has put a miracle through my hands, because what God has done in the last 12 months has been a miracle. From where we were, we were facing a mountain of debt and we started to speak to it. Mountain move in Jesus' name. But then the faith of the people, something happened. But you know, I believe God wants us to go from faith to faith. That by His grace we might engage all over again in the same process this year. That we might come before Him. And we'll say it again, exactly the same. We're we're not asking for same amount, same sacrifice, just same obedience. Just that we might come before God and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And have the faith and the courage to respond. That God would help us position ourselves as a house for the next level of what he wants to do. I want to tell you, as as a pastor here, it would be easier for us not to be doing this. There's a part of, uh, of you can want to shrink back, but we do not serve the purposes of God if we shrink back. We have to be willing to go from faith to faith. And I sense the Spirit of God saying, you give them something to eat. It's not time to go back to chapter eight. It's time to stay in chapter nine. This week, I believe God wants to work through your hands, in your place of work, in your place of study, in your home. Will you let God put a miracle through your hands? Lastly, faith to faith will be essential for the mission, terms will you come. You know, in this story, Jesus calls the disciples from faith to faith. He sends them out. In faith in the first part and then he demands their faith in the second part of the story in the feeding of the 5,000. He puts the miracle through their hands. But you know his motivation isn't primarily for them, it's for the others. You know his heart beats for the villagers. His heart beats for those who don't know the gospel. He sends them out to heal the sick and cast out demons from the oppressed. Why? Not, Not because he just wants to do something for the disciples. He wants to reach those who need hope. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, Jesus says, because He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. And His gospel is our gospel. Isaiah's gospel is Jesus' gospel, and Jesus' gospel is our gospel, to proclaim good news to the poor. And God's heart beats for the lost and breaks for the broken. And I believe Jesus is preparing here the 12 for what's to come. By the end of chapter 9, He's already speaking about going to the cross. He's readying them. And I believe in that remote place where the 5,000 come, He's showing them that when He's not there, He still wants to use them. He's creating a mindset shift and a miracle through their hands shift. A faith-to-faith move where they would understand that what is essential for the mission is to trust Him. Open themselves up for a miracle. And thank God that they responded. You know, friends, we would not be here if they had not responded. If they lived in chapter eight, it would have just been a bit of history. But thank God they stayed in chapter nine faith. Thank God they went from faith to faith. Thank God that when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they spoke, spoke the word of God boldly. Because friends, we wouldn't be here if they hadn't. But let me also say, there are tens of thousands of people in our city who don't yet know Jesus. And they're waiting for this house and other houses in this city to go from faith to faith. That we might make ourselves available to be used by Him. You know, part of next level for us as a church is that we would multiply our mission in the next season. And I believe sitting among us in the months and years ahead, there will be families, there will be people who got saved because we dared to continue from faith to faith. There were people that we come to call our friends, people that become part of our life groups because actually we dared to go from faith to faith. And they got reached and saved because we did. I believe it with all my heart. And God's heart beats for the 300,000 people in our city who don't yet know Him. His heart beats for the 40,000 students that come into our city every year from around the world. Many of them passing by this church every day, thousands of them. And I believe God is calling us to be the answer, like he was calling the 12 to be the answer. A generation of teenagers growing up with no knowledge of the love of God. And next spring, as part of the higher toll, we're gonna step out and bring an incredible mission to the secondary schools of our city. faith to faith I wonder if you're willing today to say God help me to go from faith to faith help me to stay in chapter 9 as we come to a a close of our service I'm going to invite you to respond to him maybe you've never been used by God maybe you don't even know this Jesus and in this atmosphere you can open your heart to him You can pray right where you are and say, God, I don't know you yet, but would you reveal yourself to me? And if you'd like someone to talk to you or pray with you, come and connect with our prayer ministry team here at the end of our service. But for many of us, God has used us in the past. But I believe he's calling us forward. That we'd say, God, I'm ready to go again. I'm ready to be used. I wonder, can we stand together, church? If the musicians come and join us, I might help you to close your eyes and open your hands here. If your heart is able to respond, that you might be able to say with me, oh God, help me to go from faith to faith. That you might be able to say, God, deliver me from retreating into comfort. Forgive me for the times where I've, I've chosen comfort over faith, where I've, I've desired to retain control. Lord, would you help me to trust you? Would you help me to step out? Lord, Those times when when subconsciously I've thought you're not going to come through for me and I've not positioned myself to be used by you maybe you can say with me Lord here are my hands would you use them Mm -hmm. would you flow through me would you use me would you speak through me would you let me be the answer to a broken world and if you can pray that then I, I invite you to do that where you are just begin to speak to Him. Say, Lord, here I am. Isaiah said, here am I, send me. I believe that's what God is looking for today, are people that will say, here am I, Lord, send me. Help me to go from faith to faith. Thank you for how you've helped me in the past, but would you help me for tomorrow? Let me be someone through whom the answer can come and the miracle can come and I pray God you'd help us would you help us in this new season that you have ushered in here would you help us to lay hold of everything that you've got Lord we thank you for the faithfulness of the past we thank you Lord for the faith of those who've gone before us and we thank you for your goodness and how you've helped us but would you help us now to step in would you help us to move forward Would you help us to learn what it is to go from faith to faith for the honor of your name?